Bruce Wayne is human no matter what. He truly represents the human potential that we can be. Yeah. I can be rich. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> can be rich. Can be believe. a superhero. Nerd on. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need but you deserve. Where, yeah. where all detectives can be billionaires if they just put their mind to it. Mm, <laughs> I like that. I, like I that really need to get the billionaire thing on point, though. <laughs> I'm uh, working on we it. We all do. I that is a secret power. Words. Money. Is Speaking of which, you can donate to help our podcast. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> we were going to save that for the end, but hey, we can talk I feel like about it's it. A perfect segue. Yeah. Seg you. Seg you. <laughs> Uh, stay tuned to the end to learn more about that. Uh, the name is Ali. I'm one of our hosts here for Nerd On. Today we're going to be talking about some Batman stuff. It's going to be fun. But first, we're going to go around the room and say hi to everyone else. This is Josh. I'm one of the hosts. I do the audio for the show, uh, do some of the back end producing, like website and stuff and things. Yeah, that's what I do. My name is Tom. Uh, I am the comic book guy and movie dude, and I uh, tell read their group thread and tell them that they have good ideas. <laughs> That's what I do. The other I'm day, Corey. I just want to say you didn't text us back at all. That's true. And then yeah. two days later, you're like, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Corey. I'm the loud one. That's that's me. Yep. I project. Mike check, Mike check. Yeah. Um, I destroy mics. That's me. That's what I do. Right on. Corey nice. Vaughn, Mike Bain. <laughs> so we are going to talk about something that I know is near and dear to uh, many in this group. I uh, It's Batman. Batman. Yeah. Two of you are wearing Batman shirts right now. I yeah. just want to point that yes. out. <laughs> it's Ollie and Corey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two. Corey's got his Catwoman shirt. You can't see it. It's, it's probably one of the best Catwoman shirts I've seen. Yeah. It's, the, it's the Eartha Kit version. Yeah. It's just a, uh, it's just a, it's just a cat in space. It's a cat in space. It's a cat in space. <laughs> I bought it for $10 at Goodwill. <laughs> it's the best. Okay. $10? Yeah. Tom always calls me homeless and now I'm starting to see it. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. I calls him how I sees him. So um, specific to Batman, what we're going to talk about is the Batman, the animated series. Mm. Yes, we are. So and good. That 1992 life? Oh, September fifth, nineteen ninety two, something like that. It's like I was ninety two to ninety five or something. Yeah, ninety two. Yeah, I was seven to ten or something like that. But it I remember watching it. The yep. brainchild of Bruce Tim. Okay, so Bruce Tim was the cre- creator and yeah, creator and producer and ev- so much so much has been influenced because of Bruce Tim and now DC and Warner Brothers want to bring him in for all animated things because of that. Yeah, show. for sure. And they are not wrong to do so. No, I. Uh, I support that 100%. I think what he did for that, I remember that being one of the first cartoons that I didn't just put on in the background when I was younger. Like <laughs> I would actually pay attention and like yeah. follow the storylines and the plots. Yeah. And I had all the toys. Like, I think it was one of the first shows that it was like that. And I don't know if you guys remember the Ghostbusters TV show, yeah. the cartoon. Oh uh, yeah. Well, they had the little, little yellow disc thing. Yeah. That would suck thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those were the two shows to this day. I still have all the toys from those shows, uh-huh. but Batman, the animated series was especially special. That music Oh, yeah. oh, the haunts, opening haunts me in the most beautiful way to this day, <laughs> Mr. Danny Elfman. It's yeah, I mean, Batman is my favorite superhero, and the animated series is my favorite incarnation of that superhero for sure. There's so oh, much yeah. influence throughout my life for that. Yeah, um, Bruce Timm is a huge part for me. Paul Dini mm-hmm. is a much larger part, and he is the creator of Harley Quinn. Mm. Oh yeah, with, with oh yeah, a with lot of people and, don't know that. And the, yeah, the show. I mean, Harley Quinn never would have been. It, in existence at all and like you know Suicide Squad all the Hot Topic crazy Anything. people yeah, yeah. like that, that show created Harley Quinn which is crazy to think about like how deeply rooted she is in the like DC like yeah. extended universe for now. being such a new character yeah, yeah. I mean she's what Relatively. 25 years old yeah 25 yeah. years old and like we still don't have like an Adam movie yet we have a movie that features Harley Quinn we don't right. have movies that feature Firestorm or something like that and we don't have, I mean but we got two Dark Phoenix movies coming out that's oh, good. Uh, <laughs> there's that <laughs> I do want to make a um, one announcement before we start this conversation. Yeah. We really get into it. I know that I am not going to be the ultimate nerdy one 
in this conversation. I'm going to be the nostalgic guy that watched it when he was a kid. And I have other things that I nerd out about it. And so, but I'm super excited to find out more because I know that like Tom, you're going to have, you're going to have kind of a comic spin on it. And I mean, you were telling before we started recording, you were like, well, I've watched documentaries about this. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of knowledge on this. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to soak it in. Good. And I'm very excited to uh, talk about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think what's so amazing about that show and so I started watching some episodes today mm. just to prepare a little bit more. And I was like, holy shit, this informs <laughs> so much mm-hmm. of what is today mm-hmm. and what we know as the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah. It, I mean, you guys were talking about Harley Quinn. I mean, Harley Quinn is big right now. I mean, let's be I mean, yeah. it's huge right now. People next are to like, Wonder oh, my Woman. gosh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Next to Wonder Woman, the, be- the top. And that wouldn't be in existence and what's so cool about that that I was learning today is she was just going to be like this one-off character that they were going to be like, oh, yeah. yeah, let's just use her. And then they were like, <gasps> the audience he just her. wanted a cool henchman for, for an episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they wanted someone for Joker to bounce ideas. I mean, yeah. and it's so influential. Kevin Smith named his daughter. Yeah. After yeah, 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 uh, yeah. the yeah. character. It's like, holy crap. Well, and it's such a, it's such a cool thing because, you know, one of the characters in the Batman universe that so many people know really nothing about, or they think they do, but in, really, in reality, they don't think it's the Joker, right? Because there's always that, like, is the Killing Joke his origin story? Because there's that other comic where he's like, just depending on the day, I, I'll tell you a different story, right? Yeah. But there's one little piece of information that everyone knows is that once he got to Arkham, his doctor was Dr. Quinzel. And yeah. so uh, just to have that blow up so fast and become such a solidified, this is what happened, uh, and it wasn't didn't even come from the comics. It came from a cartoon that they made fit into the comic universe. Yeah. Is, is a phenomenon that I'll never understand. Yeah. I think I mean, it's wonderful in well, the I best mean, way. In the best yeah. way. One of the best parts of that show is how many villains were invented mm. yeah. into the universe from that show, just from it being like a serialized thing. It, 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 I'm, I'm like I'm like oozing with like I want to talk about so many. He's got a nerd on right now. <laughs> yeah. I just, you should have seen it. Witch. It looked like he was having a stroke. Is what <laughs> just happened. <laughs> so I mean, the thing I love about the show is that like it was inspired by the Tim Burton you know Batman movie, which some people still say is the best Batman movie. Michael Keaton's the best Batman. It is. To mm-hmm. me, if you got Kevin Conroy, if you, you could have you could have Meryl Streep be Batman. And could have Kevin Conroy's voice, it'd be perfect. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Conroy yeah. in his husky, he gravelly voice. He can convince you no matter what. Yeah. Like he has the, you know, intimidation, he has the compassion. But anyways, you're talking about the villains. And the thing I love so much about it is so I mean, these characters have all existed beforehand. You know, some of them were came out of nowhere, like Harley Quinn. Um, but the thing that I really loved in the documentary that I was watching was how Bruce Tim was talking about how each character, each villain really is a slice of Bruce Wayne or a slice of Batman um, to a different extent. Yeah. So like okay. Scarecrow utilizes fear, but it's kind of like, what if Batman utilized fear in the, in, in too far? Yeah. And so he would be, cause he scarecrow. does. Right. And he doesn't have a superpower. I just, that's the thing that I love about Batman and he's my favorite as well. Yeah. I love Batman and it's, he's just a guy. Yeah. And like, I, I love in the trailer of the new Justice League, where it's like, what, what's your power? I'm rich. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... Well, it's it's really interesting uh, because I've, I never thought about it that way, that, that each of the villains are kind of a piece of him. And there's something that's that's always kind of bugged me, and I'm, I'm probably going to get some flack for this as well, that, that I always Cue thought... the trolls. I thought Marvel <laughs> did a little better than DC was give a little more humanity to their characters. Like, I always felt a little more... Uh, torn on who to ro- root for as far as like Marvel villains go but in the animated series they really made you kind of sympathetic for you. it was the first time DC characters villains I had felt sympathetic they're for. all tragic yeah they're all tragic and the thing that again so like Penguin right so it's kind of like the Bruce Wayne fortune if it had gone the wrong way it would become Penguin yeah, right. um, Killer Croc his main fear is bats and so it's kind of like, what if your fear ruled your life Mr. Freeze which I know Corey will. Oh, I'm going to talk about that. That's, like, that's it, the yeah. That's it's the, the loss. Epitome, I think you know it's the it's the it's the loss. What happens? What happens to you when you lose? Like when he lost his parents and freeze and you know Nora freeze and like Riddler when you become obsessed with knowledge. And so it, it's just it's so beautiful to see how like Batman's really dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's just a mo- so multifaceted because well, like I, like Batman like it was literally like this person that has to deal with all these things and like. In Mask of the Phantasm, Alfred says, "Is like I've always feared oh, we're that, gonna you, talk about that you walk too. along the line that you fight against every night, yeah. and I fear that one night you fall into it." Yeah, and it's just like 
like you said, he's just a guy. He's a human. And that's why I think I feel like so many people like you have Spider-Man, they have Batman, right? Like Spider-Man's very like identifiable because he sucks as Peter Parker. And then when he's Spider-Man, he's awesome. But Bruce Wayne is human no matter what. And the things that I think everyone loves about him is that he truly represents the human potential that we can be. Yeah. And how the things that we always fight every, every day in our own life. I can be rich. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> can exactly. be rich. Can be believe. a superhero. <sighs> and that it's just that, it, to me, part of it that, and DC, you've told me DC's had this issue for a while. Uh, issue, I say issue and I'm air talking about it D- here. DC animated? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. How about they, they make these animated shows that are supposed to be targeted towards kids, but they're not really afraid to touch on sort of mature, more mature subjects. We're talking about like kids like six to ten who are right. supposed to buy There's toys. like straight up and like so, quote unquote spousal abuse in like the Mad Love episode. <laughs> yeah. And so what happens is adults start watching the show and what happens is there aren't as many toy sales because it's mostly adults watching the show. Yeah. So the ratings are great, but the sale, the toy sales aren't great. So it's it's just this interesting little in-between, like, where do we live? Like, where well, do these DC What's interesting about it, because I was reading about it today, and, like, they, the, like, execs of, of that, they would produce a storyboard and the script and all that kind of stuff, and then, like, after, for each episode, they would receive this port, report that was like pages and pages long. That was like, no, you can't do that. No, mm. you can't do oh, that. Oh, interesting. No blood, no cigarette smoking, yeah. no choking, no like, and it would just be like, this is what you can't do. You can't do. You can't do. You can't do this. And hey, where's Robin? Like, <laughs> that, that's um, right. that's so they they created the Joker toxin because of that because they couldn't kill oh, yeah. anyone in like a childlike fashion. So they just used the the laughing gas, and everyone's smiles just came up. So it was their like, way around death. But it's like how it's like how creative. Oh, it's so creative this show. It's like it's such ahead of its time, you know. Like, I mean, it really is when you think Tom about it. Tom has such a raging nerd on right oh, now. Man. Like in like a real cool tidbit fact, and if you've talked to me about Batman the anime series, I always tell you this one fact is that um the the artist, when they were first um drawing it, you know, it's supposed to be like this noir, this thriller, this you know, crime mystery yeah. thing. It's art deco. In order mm-hmm. for them to get true blacks, they stopped using white paper. They used black paper and then started drawing on top of that so that the night sky, they just draw red on top of it. So Whoa, his, I didn't know that. So his like awesome. outfit is truly black and then it's like, oh my God, how smart. <laughs> and they would use oh, the blues, the highlights of the yes, blues. And, I was and like, they uh, create like they, that, ah, oh, the show is so good. I didn't it, even realize so when we rich. were gonna, Because like they, it really was a showstopper and world starter because it it created like we had noir we had art deco and they created mm. like noir deco kind it's of thing too. Yeah. and yeah. it was that show it's the perfect setting like I honestly love noir. <laughs> there's just no i mean the art deco is like there's something that even to this day now i mean they used it so well that anytime i see anything art deco my first thought is oh batman that's, that's batman it's <laughs> well, not the- like oh art deco it's just like the oh, brilliant the thing like about it is how effortless it was yeah. for them. It oh, yeah. seemed anyways. I and don't how know. it fit the world so well, strangely. I yeah. mean, we, we were watching it recently and it like threw me off. I was like, are those cars from the 50s? And he was like, yeah, man, Art Deco. And I was like, never even occurred to me when I was younger that that would be weird. They have Zeppelins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's Zeppelins. Yeah. And that was something created in the show. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we should do this in the Batman world. This would be so cool. And it's like. It's fun to watch, like, the Batman movie, like, uh, the one with Michael Keaton, and you see that in the world. But then, like, and I know that we're we're not talking about this, but it's like they were starting to do that in Batman Begins. Like, they wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of get that. And then they went another way, but that's a whole other episode. But (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It was a great movie. I'm just, like, scene design. Yeah. Anyway. Um, But, I, I mean, for me... What there's a specific, and I'll, I'll just jump into mine here. What I really wanted to talk about is the moment that Batman the Animated Series taught me something about storytelling, mm. and uh, it is the Mister Freeze episode. Yep. It and I, I kind of mentioned it a little, er, little earlier, but here's this. This I had grown up watching like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, uh, sorry, Ollie and I were looking at each other. I'm like, what's the episode? <laughs> I just mouthed like, him the episode. Cold the episode Heart, title. Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice. Yeah. Heart of Ice. But Watch I, I grew it. up watching like. Like uh, Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, where Bebop and Rocksteady, they're just bad. Like, you never root for them. You're never like, I hope they kind of win. I feel bad for them. No, they're idiots. They're mean. 
Shredder's awful. Like he tried to kill, he killed, you know, Splinter's master and tried to kill Splinter. So like I had grown up with like very black and white, good and evil. World domination. Yeah, right. Nah, nah, like nah. like the yeah. claw from Inspector Gadget. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's very easy for me. One-dimensional villains. But the, the episode affected me so much that even not having watched it for like 10 plus years, I still remembered it vividly because... Here's this guy who all he was trying to do Mr. was, Freeze. yeah, well, yeah, Mr. Freeze trying Victor to save Freeze. his, save his wife. Right. And the mobster. Shout out to Victor Freeze now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, tidbit. Freeze is spelled like fries. Yes. It's really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets, you know, someone pulls the plug on his wife and he's devastated and he's gets the cryogenic freezing on him and then has to be in the suit and all that stuff. And that was great. And he was really cool design. Loved his design, by the way. And had that voice. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Very robotic. The very voice cold. was amazing. Uh, but very it was the first actually. time, like Batman starts to figure out who's doing this. And of course he just thinks it's a villain at first, but the more you find out, the more, like you said, it's a piece of Batman. Like he lost family as well. So he has to find this like moral compass way to fight him, but not really defeat him in a sense. And it was the first time I was like, oh, my God, I'm kind of rooting for the bad guy in a a way. And Mm -hmm. it taught me that stories are much better if they are a little more of that like gray area and you don't know which way it's going to go until the end. And it's just like I've tried to hold that. Yeah, I've tried to hold that through any story I've told where you it's not obvious the good and the bad. It's not obvious which road someone needs to take. Uh, because I feel like it's a little more real. And I mean, I, it's I've, good storytelling. Yeah. I'm sorry, was I cutting you off? I'm so no. Sorry. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, there's two episodes that I watched uh, this past week to get ready for it. They were Mad Love and okay. Heart of Ice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Heart, Heart of Ice, I mean, there's a segment in it where he leaves one of his henchmen behind. Uh, like, he gets caught in the freeze blast or whatever. Yeah. And, like, any other villain, you'd be like, oh, he's just being, like, an evil dude. But in this case, it was, like, perfectly mirroring his, like, cold heart Mm -hmm. quote-unquote and like the mercy that he wasn't shown Mm -hmm. by his boss or whatever that pulled the plug um and i I felt like like genuinely for the first time that made sense for a bad guy to do that to his henchmen yeah you know yeah yeah. and the thing i love this like this goes on for all the episodes i want to talk about an episode too i think we'll all probably have a chance to talk about an episode but the one thing i love about that episode i think so you're talking about like like stories and lessons yeah. in life and all that stuff. The one thing I love is that Batman always tries to appeal to their humanity. And he always is like, stop, yeah. you can use like you can be better than this. And you always that ending scene. And you just feel like Batman is literally trying to save himself at the same time. And every single person he can't save, it's like a part of him he can't either. And it's just like you you watch as a kid, you love the enjoy- entertainment and you want to buy the toys and yada yada yada. You watch it as an adult with like I like new eyes and you've been through life and bills and rent and you're like oh this <laughs> life is hard and you watch it like oh I get it I just I understand I get you Victor like you, you know the Batman the, the famous Batman eyes when they squint then all of a sudden they turn to like little like small yeah, yeah, yeah. Un, like D's that just go to, it's like oh it's so sad he's like really trying to save this person and like that I think plays out a lot in there well there's that ending scene where he I think you know he stops him but Batman goes ape shit on the people who did this to Mr. Freeze and I loved that moment because when I was a little kid and they caught him I was like no he's just trying to like avenge his wife and stuff so when Batman (laughs) turns on the mobster I was like yes he gets it he understands me and that's why we root for Batman (laughs) but uh, it's it's just interesting and I said this to Josh before and the reason I think the DC and, and Marvel why I really as I got older really understood is these stories aren't necessarily about like this guy's powers versus this guy's powers. It's like, how do people handle suddenly being well, given power? It, the the human part of, I, I like to think that the reason why we nerd on about superheroes and stuff like that is that there's that human element to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that good storytelling, I mean, it's like, yeah, you can read a good story, but then you add all of these like, crazy things to it like superpowers and stuff like that it's like you you're not connecting to the holy shit that's really so cool that he can fly oh but he also has this like secret life that he's trying to balance and like he wants to have somebody to love but he also wants to save the world and it's like it's not just about your superpowers or that you're from another planet it's that you actually have these things 
that you have to deal. Life is hard. Well, it's like it's life is hard. <laughs> well, and it, it's it, the, the best. My favorite comic book stories that I've read, uh, most of them given to me by Tom, uh, are the ones that make me <laughs> internally challenge my own morality. So, like, I'm gonna reference a little off topic here, but Flashpoint, mm. the one where, and sorry, spoilers if you haven't read it or seen it or whatever. But uh, it's he, ten years old if you haven't. read I know. It I'm just saying. He basically has to choose to. He saves his mom, but it screws his, screws everything up. So he has to choose: Do I just live this new life with my mom, or do I go make sure my mom dies so that everyone else can be happy? And like, I remember reading that, being like, "Fuck, what do you do?" <laughs> so uh, the moral dilemma. Props to Tom for well, giving it's me like the requirement So the Mister Freeze hero. episode is like that. It's yeah. it's that very like challenges my own morality, but like I kind of get it. Well, the, I the reason he's doing it. I think the reason comic book stories can be so good and so impactful is because they sort of have it's it's almost like they're cheating and giving you like a super dire circumstance every single episode or yeah. every single issue yeah. to really pull out like these crazy deep humanity like questions. Yeah. decisions and and morality I choices the episode that's and not like, that. like it's the one between like what happens like you talking about like we, dragon ball well, z no, where they're just sitting there gaining power <laughs> still do that in between like alfred giving batman chicken soup chicken soup exactly it's the one small cool. moment that but, keeps it grounded i mean but then the second episode which is the joker christmas one um that one to me, I think, is a very filler episode because it's like Joker gets on this Christmas tree yeah. rocket and flies out, and then Batman's just like <laughs> angry. He's like, "There's something going on," and like on Christmas, and then Dick is just kind of like, "Hey, man, let's just watch. It's a Wonderful Life," and he's like, "No," and then he sees some guy running after a woman, and then like Batman's about to throw a batarang, and the and the guy just gives the woman like, "Oh, you dropped this," and gives her a bag. And the Batman's like literally trying to be like he's a Scrooge. He's literally trying to find crime, and there's no crime. Um, uh, I, yeah, that's a f- as filler as it it's gets. A very, it's a very like. But even for the animated series, that's a great episode yeah. in comparison to a lot of cartoons. And so. you, I mean, and there's all this bunch of stuff, and that's where the whole like you know Jingle Bells, Batman Smells comes from. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, that episode really doesn't have those kind of heart wrenching moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't all be heart wrenching. No. You got to yeah. have those. Every anyway, Saturday morning, you're like, <laughs> that's, that's what connected me with the show so much. It's just that test of morality, especially that Mr. Freeze episode. Right. So I wanted to talk yeah. about that. Did, for a did you want to talk about the other episode? Mad Love? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, it's probably one of my favorite stories in comic books. What happened again um, in Mad Love? Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's kind of well, I mean, it starts with uh, Harley like catching Batman or no, trying to help Joker catch Batman or something. And he, he doesn't want anything to do with her. He's, she's like in his way. He's, he's so he's, you know, at, at his last leg trying to figure out how to catch Batman in some clever way. And he's got schematics and blueprints oh, and stuff. This, yeah. And then she keeps trying to get his attention or keeps trying to like give advice or something. And he kicks her out. And then she goes off like walking down an alleyway, pondering how life came to, you know, where it is now. And then it goes back and it has the flashback and it shows the Them. origin story for Harley. And it shows her being Joker's doctor and all that stuff. And then building that attachment to her patient and kind of showing that she's a little off kilter to begin with, which kind of helps. So all she needs is like a couple of oh, catalysts. insanity doesn't just come about. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like, like a gravity. reverse Stockholm syndrome almost. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. Is, That's what I was going to say. And like, this is like original animation, right? Uh, I think this actually might have been the new um, adventures. It might have been the new adventures. Okay, yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking. Because the uh, like the animation because the the comic came first. I want to say probably the uh, one the one shot the one shot Mad Love I believe came first, and then they made it a, like an animated episode or whatever. Yeah. Uh, both written by Paul Dini, so it didn't matter. <laughs> the reason why I ask all you listeners is because um, throughout you know Corey was talking about the dilemma with the animated series and in order for Warner Brothers to get their shit together, quote unquote, so they could sell more toys. Um, they made the Superman animated series and it hit. It was super well. Like, and they had all these tie-ins with the Flash racing Superman, Bizarro. They just did like the Freak of Week every like new episode. Supergirl is in there. Um, and then so what they did with Batman, they ended up like changing art direction and then, then they just went with that style so they mm-hmm. could do crossovers and then yeah. you might have watched World's Finest when they connected. So that's why I asked like when did it happen? Because for me, I also felt the tone changed because instead for, of Dick Grayson, they went to Tim Drake. Right. And then by this time, N- Nightwing was already th- a thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Robin's Reckoning is the one that got like the Emmy Award. I don't even think Robin was in that episode. Probably not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Because well, I think it was because it was such a straight adaptation of... Mad yeah. Love, the comic. 
that they just wanted to they keep wanted true. To story, I, think. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it's uh, what I was reading about. Uh, I lightly mentioned it earlier is that they they had a raging nerd on for Robin, and they were like, it, he hit so well that they were like. They had all these ideas for these like subplots to go off in this different world and not different world, but I just mean like universe wise, universe wise and like yeah. let's let's bring these uh, good guys, bad guys. Let's team up um, Catwoman and um, Black Canary. Let's do an episode about that. And they were like, but where's Robin? <laughs> oh, God. Well, the same where's... reason they invented Robin in the first place, which is they needed that to reach out to that young person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have that little kid. They, want, they need a boy wonder. Yeah, exactly. I need a yeah, yeah. Burt Ward, but I mean, a, a it was just the modern re- version the of girl. the modern oh. version of executives wanting that again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ah, I'll get to the story when I guess later on. But um, do you have an episode you want to talk about? Um, you know, I'd be perfectly honest, I don't. I mean, it's I, when we started talking about this, I was like, I think I know that show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I know that show, but I was thinking about the new adventures, mm-hmm. of right? And then when I looked it up, I was like. Oh my God! My Saturday mornings just came flooding into me. <laughs> Two Face and Riddler because, and Joker. Because I mean, here's the thing. I mean, that was, that was WB, and at that time there were so many cartoons yeah. that were on, and it's not just like quality cartoons. Quality cartoons that you're like, oh sweet Jesus, this is so good. But I mean, I I really liked the villains. I mean, I always remember is is his name Bat. Like Man, Man Bat. Bat, Man Bat. Man Bat. Bat. That's, That's our first episode, right? Yeah. On Leather like, Wings. He's the first. Like character that I think of when I think Batman the animated series, I'm yep. like, yeah. oh yeah, Man Bat, Kurt Langstrom, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another tragic uh, villain. Yeah, it's it's Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing, and he's just doing it for science, and it's just like, oh, it's so good. Well, like, that's what's interesting about, I mean, DC in general is that they tend to have, I think, far superior villains. Villains. Uh, and going back to Harley Quinn, like that story, like I want to. Th- there was a period of time between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, like before those, mo- like between those movies were released that I wish that I that I could write a fan fiction called The Dark Knight Falls mm-hmm. and have like that story in between there and include like a live action version of of like Harley Quinn and mm. all that stuff and have the Heath Ledger's Joker. It was like a total fantasy in my brain. I'd watch but, it. And for me I feel Anybody like the perfect listening. uh contact uh, future foe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, First you know, donate you need, to our page and exactly. then contact right, yeah. future foe. Uh, how, how about I let you write that? Because also, I was thinking about You're going to let him write it? Well, That's I'll, nice you. I'll literally write <laughs> the rights? one of the parts. Really? Because the thing is, I, was, I thought about that too and I always thought about like, you know, how Nolan's like heralded as like the, the best Batman director of all time. Right. And I was, I was like, what? Where's, why does Clayface get no love? Why doesn't Man Bat get no love? Why doesn't, you know I mean? like? Well, be, I think the Harley Quinn story fits so well into the Nolan okay. verse. Because it, it's a little more grounded character. It's more grounded character, yeah. Yeah. And I, I always imagine the perfect character R.I.P. would be uh, Brittany Murphy for yeah. for her. Oh, oh damn! No, yeah, that was, that was a huge fan cast for a long, long was it? Time. Yeah, I agree. After, after Sin City, well done, Internet. Yeah, yeah. after Sin City, well done. Yeah, so that was, that's just my that, um, the fantasy that I play in my head. <laughs> oh man, that would be. I just had to. And then take the same story. Riddler was so the good. was the actual villain because like they would be, that would be one. Side of the story, and Joker would be mostly in jail and all that stuff. That that is a Riddler. Who would be a Riddler? I wish was in the Nolan films. Um, You're gonna hate me, but I just can't help but not have his picture in my head. Jude Law. You know what? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, that's Jude Law. I I can dig that. Yeah, I don't know if he would be British or not, but it would be Jude. Doesn't matter. I feel like the physique works. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And his, I mean, it's weird, but like his nose ridge has the same one in the animated series. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. It's really, I don't know why. I I look at these things. But that's my fantasy script, so if you want to learn more, at FeatureFo. I kind (laughs) of want to see, just for myself, uh, physically, I kind of want to see Doug Jones play Riddler. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know why. Just seeing him in like his body in that suit would just make my life complete. Oh man. So, I mean, do you guys think that that Let's transfer. I mean, we're in 2017. Let's pretend that animated series didn't happen then. Do you think it would hold up now? I mean, if they like, if I don't they know, where, like, Bruce Timm's like, yeah. with the new animated series, it comes I'm gonna out. say oh. you can go first. You know more than than I do. I'm gonna let you. Answer but I feel first. like this would be an alternate universe if that show didn't happen. Yeah, like we wouldn't there be would here be, right now. I mean, because that show, it was kind of like this weird thing where they, I'm, I'm doing it in hand gestures and it doesn't really do it justice, but they gave to each other the comics and the show where it's like 
informed by each other where it was like, it's like a chicken and the egg but to yeah. me this is like this is the egg 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 yeah like, <laughs> well I mean, I mean like, it also rode that if it came out now it probably wouldn't be Art Deco wouldn't ride right. the wave that, that I think it the could 89 be film did. really good but it could also be like super controversial yeah well, if they kept some of the tones I think, oh yeah I think if a kids show yeah, yeah. I think well, it, like like you said on a past episode the world's become kind of whiny little bitches so I don't know if it was yeah. what were you going to say well, I was going to say like it's tough because like Things gave to each other with the Art Deco existence, like that was more of like that means Tim Burton's spy, uh, uh, Tim Burton's Batman would never existed either because that one's the one that highly influenced it. But I just think of um, the Frank Miller adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, oh, yeah, and oh, yeah. how that's like yeah. super R rated, and like people are getting killed, necks are being snapped. You know, it's just like just super, the whole like Joker sequence, yeah, and it's just the- like. But that we could never have gotten to that point because when you think about like okay cool if the animated series were to come out today what would it be like I think it'd be like that because you know everyone's like oh gritty and dark means this I'm character. not wearing hockey pants you know right <laughs> um, yeah well, it's so funny you about got it in <laughs> my, that's my uh, one line I can impersonate <laughs> my uh, my wife has this pilot that she wrote and a comic book company um, was like they they were interested in the script and they were like do you think you could write a script for it and she's like oh god I have no idea how to write a comic book so she read a bunch of comics and she read. Um, Dark, Knight Returns? Dark, Dark Knight Returns. And she, I remember when she was done, she was like, "Holy fuck, Batman's dark." Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just rick that shit. Hold on for a second. Um, but Frank Miller, it's Frank Miller. I, I, I love I, you. I know it's one of those like, but he's like a misogynistic kind of an asshole dude yeah. who's just like doesn't yeah. give a shit what you think. Right. Like he's he's a rough dude, and it's yeah. like when you read stuff, you're like, God damn, ba- stop, Batman, stop, Batman, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like I remember reading All Star Batman. This was like before the New Fifty Two. It was All Star Batman and Robin. It's like when Batman first gets Robin, and literally he gives he kidnaps Tony Zuko, which kill is the murder of Robin's parents, wraps him up in like this thing, gives Robin a uh, uh, an axe, and he's like, figure out what you're gonna do. Either you're gonna be an Avenger or you're gonna be a detective, and then Robin like throws the axe and then like cuts through his lips like binding and then he's like I'm not gonna kill him and he's like cool you're a detective your name's Robin it's really weird but then the whole thing through is like him meeting Black Canary Huntress uh, Batwoman and just making out with all of them and then like yeah. he all he does is Frank antagonizes Miller. like Green Lantern like wearing all yellow being a <laughs> douchebag I was like Frank, Mil- Jesus, my God, this would have, this works Hashtag in Sin City. Not my I get Batman. it. I get it, but it's like, dude. And the cool thing, the shitty thing was like, you had Jim Lee who was drawing it and it looked fucking amazing, but it's just like, oh, he looks good, but he's an asshole. It's like a really like good looking person, but you really hate them. Yeah. But yeah. There's a lot aside. of actors I feel that way about. <laughs> Rant aside. Like, you're beautiful, but you're such a dick. Yeah. Um, uh, but oh, yeah, I, I, so I, oh, I think. And maybe, you know, it's hard to tell because I was going to say The Killing Joke came out recently. Very recently. And it did well. And I loved it. And it was, I mean, some people, it was loved and hated. Yes. So to clear the air, so people were like, what is The Killing Joke? What is that? Da, da, da. And like, so the reason why The Killing Joke is such a huge thing, Mark Hamill said he would never do another Joker uh, voice acting unless it was The Killing Joke. And it was a rated R film because Alan Moore is also a crazy ass dude who likes to make dark ass stories. Yep. And then, but the weird thing is that you got Bruce Tim. He brought so Bruce Tim, Bruce Kevin Tim, Conroy, who's like, everybody. Again, again, heralded as the guy who made the Batman that we all know and love. And I want to talk a little bit about that and why people have weird perceptions. Um, but in Bruce Tim's universe of the animated series, Bruce and Barbara Gordon have a thing. It's mentioned in Batman Beyond. It's mentioned throughout the thing. Like when Dick goes to college, Barbara's like, I'm into older guys. And she's like looking at Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne's like, yo girl, I got these other girls here. I got Selena Kyle here, but you coming at me. And then it just, it made sense at the time. But then when people read the comic books and know that like the actual source material, watching the killing joke, the reason why I had such a weird panned review thing is because Bruce Tim wrote an original original sequence sequence in the opening where Batgirl and Batman have, have sex. Yeah. And it's crazy. And and then after that, then they have the whole killing joke sequence, which is great. But it's super short. Yeah. Alan Moore is like super short writer and it's great. But like Like he's short in stature or No, he's a, I think he's a giant. <laughs> You're talking about man. the comic book itself. The comic book it itself is, is really is short. Really it's short. short yeah. And it's it's it it was controversial at the time as well because they kind of used Barbara Gordon as this plot device as opposed to an actual character. But I think what happened is when Bruce Tim wrote the beginning 
part, it kind of changed changed that. It scene made a it so bit. much more of a romantic so, interest. So uh, again, spoilers, but it's been how long? No, no, it's like 20, too long. 20 God, years yeah. at least. Uh, so uh, in the Killing Joke original comic, uh, Barbara Gordon gets shot and paralyzed, and so she becomes uh, Oracle. So in the Killing Joke, you only see her in that scene. So to have her appear for a scene and then get shot and paralyzed and like be this whole thing and and basically raped, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it's alluded. You don't see it. You don't see anything. In, in the comic book, it's kind of alluded to, but you don't see it. Uh, so it, it, a lot of people had now cry of just using her as this plot device, which I kind of agree with. In in the comic uh, uh, itself, confi- confined to that, it is a plot device. But what Bruce Tim did, I think, personally, is make it into more of a story than a plot device. So now you see why uh, Batman is a little more upset, why, he, why she is put into this kind of position, Joker knows that he cares, that kind of stuff. So I, I, I liked it, and it was an original story. I really, what's your eyes doing? I'm just thinking <laughs> of the timeline because, so for all you that don't know, there's like four Robins: Dick, Jason, Tim, and then Damien. I don't know what time play, th- th- time timeline this plays in, but I think this is after Jason Todd gets killed, and so that makes it even more of a sense. Yeah, so it's like he's killed Jason, my second Robin. And now also he's like made my, my back girl, you know, Barbara, like also. And it's after she gave up yeah. the cowl too. Yeah. So it's she not even like have a life. Yeah. So. Well, to it's that point, I think sad. comics are in a unique position. And maybe you can speak on this. Uh, comics, I think are in a unique position where they, where it's okay for them to leave out bits of context mm-hmm. because you assume that you've read however many yeah. issues of whatever series before it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it might just be the audience where, you're more hardcore, so to speak, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. I think that's what's overwhelming to me. Like it coming to a movie or something where maybe people haven't been reading the comic books and don't know Barbara's significance in the storyline, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's kind of what I was thinking of. uh, I thought, I thought the opening scene or the, the new stuff was great. I thought it was funny. Yeah. 30 minutes. It worked. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, but I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people were out crying because like Barbara became like this, like, almost Huntress-like character where she's like, I want to just beat up people and, like, I have this sexual obsession with, like, fighting and crime and Batman and yada yada. Where, I mean, like, again, you could take it to that context, but obviously I don't think that's where the artist meant to do it. And, I mean, like, if you know, like, if you've seen Bruce Timm's work, like, seeing the Justice League, seeing Justice League Unlimited, Batman Beyond, Static Shock, all these things that were influenced by him, like, you could definitely tell, like, this is more like a family genre. Yeah. And he wouldn't, he can go deep, he can go dark to those places, but, like, I don't think he would also throw away one of like the best written characters of all time. No. Right. Uh, anyway, I thought that was great. I think so that to that point, I think that if the uh, animated series came out today, it would be a little different, but I yeah. think it would hold up for sure. I DC's mean, DC's got that animated life unlock. Well, I mean, like if you think about it, like right now, like Teen Titans and now that's become Teen Titans Go because they, they opted to have it more child friendly. Um, you have like uh, Justice League action, which was like compared to Justice League, the show is a lot more childlike as well too. going from Batman, the anime series. It's actually a little bit more tame than what we were actually seeing now. Like to me, I'm comparing it to like shows like Avatar or like shows like Young Justice or shows like Clone Wars where they're or Samurai Jack where yes. they're, they, can, they can go dark. They can go deep. And Batman, the animated series, I wouldn't say it goes deeper or darker than them, but like they would be on the same playing field. Yeah, I think. It'd be cool to see it because the animation's only going to get better. Um, well, I just don't. I think the cool thing about it is it didn't treat its audience like idiots, like yeah. kids. I it mean, treated yeah. it, decided it was going to tell a story, and while it took some like no smoking, no killing, that kind of stuff, some uh, creative stuff to make sure it was for kids, they didn't treat the kids like idiots. Yeah, and I thought that was cool. Well, no. thinking about it, just in this conversation, I don't know if it would even be possible for them to for it to be as impactful as it was back then. Yeah, because I think it was a product of its time. Like with mm-hmm. uh, with Dark Knight Returns, starting to make Batman feel more gritty and, mm-hmm. and grounded and realistic, and then having Tim Burton's movie That's come after point. that, and then because before Tim leading Burton, right was, into the animated series, it was all camp. It was all camp, and yeah, and then, I think um, it was just it probably inspired a lot of creators to yeah. want to like holy tackle shit, the material. Batman can be serious. Yeah, and <laughs> the people, potential's unreal. <laughs> exactly, and I think that's why it was so amazing then, is because it kind of awoke this probably creative energy. So it's it's kind of like one of those things. Could it? Probably. Do we want it to? No. No. Because there's a lot of entertainment. No, we can just span this even just past. I mean, a lot of entertainment wouldn't be what it is today if, if that didn't happen. If timeline shifted, right? It would or, have to be a massive tonal change. 
yeah, like for street it to sharks. be as impactful. Well, um, <laughs> talking about like exactly. talking about how like they were inspired by the movies and all that. Um, after Batman Begins, the Batman was an animated mm-hmm. series that came out, and my first thing was like, this Batman looks like Jackie Chan. And uh, but the thing is, it, animation's great. It's cool. He did a movie where he fights Dracula. The Justice League gets involved. He pretty much creates the Justice League. Robin gets involved. He has got like a jetpack. It's it's a very different vibe. The yeah. Joker is not voiced by Mark Hamill. It's voiced by another really awesome voice actor. I don't know his name, but the Joker can fight. Everyone can fight. And that's the thing. Like everyone has good fight scenes, and it's like it's different than the animated series that we all know and love. Right. Not saying that this one's bad, but the animated series that we're talking about right now is more of a drama. It's more of just, again, just good storytelling. Yeah. And it's just about this character, Batman and Bruce Wayne, and le- like balancing the life and like going through it and like learning new things about his rogues gallery and yeah. everything like that. I mean, even like to the point where like almost sometimes it would go to a fault, I think, to try to appease the kids and things like that when like Joker would like have fisticuffs of Batman. Like I almost didn't like believe that would, you know, would work in the animated series universe. I just yeah. wanted them to just like, just stand still and just have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> talk it out. Just laugh, laugh it out. Hug it out, bro. Hug it uh, out. Can I can I share my favorite episode? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Okay. So my favorite. No, ep- Tom. Okay. No, moving no, on. No, we're out of time. Sorry. No. My, my favorite episode is a two-parter um, for Two Faces. Oh. So it's a Two-Face uh, origin. I love Two-Face. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my favorite the, bad guys. Yeah, the thing I loved about Also it, tragic. Specifically, yeah. exactly. It's tragic. But they built Harvey Dent up for such a long time. And one thing I really loved about Year One, the comic book, which I think definitely they took from, also I think a Frank Miller comic book. But um, the one thing I loved about it is that throughout, you know, who's Batman? They're trying to figure out who's Batman. But Commissioner Gordon, you know, turns a blind eye because he doesn't care because he's like, okay, he's helping me out. Um, people really suspect. Just realized Commissioner Gordon's like a good guy, Greg. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy, Greg. Like, yeah, he really is. Helps out the community and doesn't cause shit. Don't need to know who you are. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey Bullock there with his little toothpick all sweating everywhere. He's like, we gotta find this Batman. Commissioner Gordon's like, I don't worry about it. And, but the thing is that all, a lot of suspicion, and this is in the comic books too, is like, was that Harvey Dent was Batman. They had the same physical build. They were like, had the yeah. same like, um, affinity for justice. And the, they even drew him the same. And the entire, Bruce. yeah, and the entire time Batman was working with Harvey Dent. And the th- cool thing was that, like, Harvey Dent was like, you know, as they showed in the Dark Knight movie, um, was willing to work outside the law to have Batman be the muscle and do things like that. Um, throughout the and they and this happened, you know, in the animated series this entire time, we're like, cool, Batman's going to take down the guy, and then Harvey Dent's going to be the one to prosecute them. And they had this really great teamwork thing, even though like sometimes Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent didn't meet eye to eye sometimes. And then it wasn't until, like, finally, like, you start seeing, like, Harvey Dent's, like, descent into madness. And that's what I think I really loved about every single villain is that everyone has their own descent to madness because of what it is. And, you know, right. we talked about it, how, like, what would happen if you had a superpower? But the thing is, like, Two-Face didn't have a superpower. It was just no. a tragic event. Or as Joker would say, one bad day. Yeah. And yes. everyone has one bad day. We're all one bad day away from being, like, the Joker um, or being, like, Batman. And... Man, what would that take? Yeah. What um, would my bad day have to look like? <laughs> and the the author and I think also the director of Arrival, weird side tangent, but they both talked about how the beautiful thing about sci-fi is that it's not supposed to be about like crazy interstellar, crazy you know adventures and all that stuff. It's supposed to be how it like we can talk about humanity in a way that's digestible. Yeah. And the whole thing about Two-Face. I like that. I didn't think about that before. I like that a lot. Yeah. And the whole, the whole thing about Two-Face is like, it's a mental illness. He's criminally insane because he has two personalities. I think there are dumb names like, how's good Harvey? How's bad Harvey? And it's like, <laughs> okay, come on. You'd be more better with the names. But, um, you know, it's just finally a traumatic experience where, like, one, he thinks, you know, he's going to lose his wife and he's, like, in deep with, like, the mob. And then all of a sudden, like, he realized, like, his good looks are gone, too. It's like, that's enough for him to, like, lose it. But then the, at the end, he, like... Bruce, Batman does appeal to his humanity and tells him, like, you need to help me and not, like, try to kill people and all this stuff. And, like, don't, like, this is not the way to do it. And he and he wins. And the thing is, like, you actually think for a second there's hope that, like, Batman will save Two-Face's soul, which is great and brings me to one of my favorite trade paperbacks, which is from Jim Lee and um, Jeff Loeb, which is Hush. And at this point oh, yeah. in the timeline... Your autographed s- copy of Hush? Yeah, from Jim Lee. Yeah. Going crazy with, yeah. like, comic books and the animated series and the timelines. But at this point, Two-Face has gone through so much rehab, and he actually went through facial reconstruction. He's just Harvey Dent. 
So it's really cool to oh, see wow. like how the comic books and the TV and the anime series have influenced each other. And I think we talked about it how like comic books are in a really great place. I mean, like going off another side, man, I can just talk about so many. But he things. sees himself as like all ugly, right? Well, that's in the Dark Knight Returns, but like in the in the this comic book, like Harvey Dent's literally like o- like almost like a vigilante at this point because he uses oh, okay. his same connections as Two Face, but just to, to fight crime itself too. Interesting. That's pretty. Cool. Um, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, so many side tangents. But like even Marvel, right? So like before Iron Man one with John Favreau. Iron Man sucked. No one liked him. And then all of a sudden yeah. the movie was a huge hit. Then it yeah. was like, Iron Man's going to be the director of Well, Shield. they changed the whole character after John, uh, Robert Downey Jr. took it over. Because yeah. well, I mean, like, he used to be like kind of stoic and alcoholic and a dick. Yeah, and, and a dick no one and late him. and everyone called him Buckethead <laughs> and everything like that. But it's just like the movies influence the comics. The comics create like the show. The show like then inf- like the th- there's so much love for the Batman the Animated Series that they made comic books after it. And like we're talking about with the uh, Mad Love thing where it's like there is still making Batman the Animated Series comic books that go on afterward the show. And they'll tie into the Justice League or they'll tie into Batman Beyond, which is like, but it's based off it's the animated series. Batman Beyond, Tom can go on. <laughs> oh my God. So, I like, uh, I was reading something today that they wanted to, they were trying to, so like when Batman and Robin happened, the movie, mm-hmm. the, the oh. movie we don't talk about, um, they wanted to do a tie-in, um, like, several part series or something like that of the animated series and the movie was so bad that they had to hold off for like another year oh my god because <laughs> it was going to tie into the story talking somehow. about mr freeze jesus <laughs> christ well i want to know what killed the dinosaurs the ice age <laughs> well i want to know uh how in what ways do you think tommy lee jones elevated that character so you mean so, when he played the Joker? I'm gonna say, you know, I'll say this. You know what's funny? Everyone compares Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, Batman, and Michael Keaton. No one compares Aaron Eckhart to uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. I'm just like, hey, what, with no love. For good reason, because one played Two-Face and one was dressed as Two-Face playing the Joker. But I mean, like, <laughs> this is also Two-Face that, like, literally was, like, from the comic books, like, had a house that was, like, half, and he had Drew Barrymore on one side. He got this devil chick on the other side. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of funny. That's like, it's the kooky, you know, Joel Schumacher, Tim Burton world, which... Again, the animated series was based off of, but you know, and Aaron Eckhart didn't play off. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't call the animated series based off the Schumacher no, 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 universe. No, no, no. Well, not the Schumacher, but Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim but Burton. I will say, like, even Aaron Eckhart didn't have the whole like suave, like Harvey Dent, two faced thing too, where he's like, I'm this guy with a scotch glass and like flipping my coin, wearing a white suit and a black. You know, it's like he just had a burnt suit, and I mean, like again, the realism. You won't versus, feel bad like, for that kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted you to feel bad for him, so they made well, him the think, white knight of Gotham. Well, I think, you know, it fit the Art Deco. That suave, has a scotch, has a toothpick White kind hair, of thing. blue face, yeah, giant eyeball. But, like, if you want to bring that into the universe that Nolan had yeah. created, you'd be like, that guy's a tool. <laughs> like, you never would have well, felt like, bad Well, like, I have him. to say something. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> Let's get to I, it. No, I'm going to get so much shit for them from this, from my fellow host. Are we about but, to hashtag oh, yeah. not my Batman right now? <laughs> no, but, okay, so. You like the Thurketh? For the Thurketh. Everybody playing the home game of Nerd On. Um, my belief about movies is I just want to be entertained. And those movies are so stupid. But so good. They're so good. He takes off the plastic lips when he kisses oh. her. I mean, it's so bad, but you watch it and you're like, oh, God, it's so good. It's not good. <laughs> Who has a henchman named Frosty? I mean, you got the... Uh, what was the expiration date on his Batman credit card? Ne- never. Ne- forever, right? Forever. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was forever. <laughs> I mean, oh, I will admit one thing. Okay. One thing about okay. those films. Uh, there is, on YouTube, you can check this out, there is a video comprising all of the Batman saying, I'm oh, yeah. Batman. <laughs> and uh, for some fucking reason, Val Kilmer's is the best. It's so good. I love Kevin Conroy, and he will forever be my Batman. Anytime I hear his voice in an interview, I go, is Batman here? Oh my but God. in that video, back to back to back, Val Kilmer knocks it out of the park. Knocks love, it out of the I fucking park. Here's, here's what I'll say, and I might actually get some flack as well, but probably not as much as you, but... <laughs> Jesus, this it is the falls flag to that right category now. of, I feel like, the the second and third Matrix movie, where like if, if it ended after the second Matrix movie, we wouldn't hate the second one as much. If it would ended after the first one. I if it ended the first one. But, well, I mean... Yeah. yeah. If it, I mean, the second one wasn't terrible, but the third one was pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know. it was real bad. We can agree on that. 
But I don't know. The but, show went towards a totally different level. <laughs> this is our segment like, of, well, I'm going to get flack for I this. I mentioned this. Is, the reason I mentioned this is because I feel like if they never made a fourth Batman movie, we wouldn't be so hard on the third one. But True. Maybe, yeah. Oh, like if they never made Batman and Robin, like they ended right. forever? Yeah. I agree. Now you know what? I agree. Yeah. You categories. know what? You're That's right. Really because Batman and Robin is when they did the cod pieces and yeah. the nipples. And the butts. Well, no. Yeah. At the end of Batman Forever, they did the nips. Because I didn't hate Val Kilmer either. Well, because well, it's funny too. Because like the cool thing about the development of the Bruce Wayne character. In, why are we talking about the movies and we're talking, supposed to talk about the anime? Anyways, because it's all the um, same. It's all the but same. the thing is, like the cool thing about the development with Val Kilmer's Batman is like he's been doing this all alone. He just had like Selena Kyle leave him, and then like Nicole Kidman's trying to psychoanalyze him, analyze him the entire time. And then you have this Robin who literally is this representation of his life. Like he's like, I could do something about him. I could see him. You could in the do right laundry direction. angrily, yeah, and. Do- <sighs> <laughs> we do all that sequence but like um, it's him having to learn how to bring people into his life instead of pushing them out because he got hurt by Selena Kyle Yeah, and it's like it's cool and you know what I'll say you know we all give like the rubber lips and the like the nips and all that stuff I also I, I rubber just, lips I, and rubber nips I have got a, a show title I, I have a problem with Michael Keaton ripping off this cowl. I was just like, dude. Oh, how he destroys it. Like, like, oh, yeah. He's like, I will say this. Non functional mask. How do you of get in it in the first place? You have to rip off every single one. This yeah. is how I've always seen this. I think, uh, I think that uh, Michael Keaton is a great Batman, and I think Christian Bale is a great Bruce Wayne. That's how I've seen the movies. I, mm. don't, I haven't been a huge wow. fan of. Yes. Of, yeah? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I love Michael Keaton. Don't get me wrong. But when he's don't, Bruce Wayne, you don't like him. You don't like him nuts? You want to get nuts? He's Michael Keaton. Yeah. You want to get nuts? Yeah. Uh, But there was something about the way Christian Bale really embodied that like playboy kind of thing. Yeah. That I thought Michael Keaton never got. So I would love to just combine those two. Well, I'd love to hear Michael Keaton say I'm not wearing hockey pads. You know what? There's a really cool (laughs) picture. You could look it up like true Bruce Wayne. And it's literally an True Swain. amalgam or amalgam, whatever the hell you Amalgamation? Oh, yes. Of every single person that's portrayed Batman, including Adam West. And it's in one face. And it looks like the sexy ass dude. Everyone should look <laughs> that up at home. Look it up at look home. Look it up right now. But like, speaking of, of, of like voices, I think that's another iconic thing. And I know you that have something is, to speak about that, this. Uh, okay. I'll have something to speak about too. So, okay. Go ahead. Because you got Kevin Conroy, Mark okay. Hamill. I mean, uh, I mean, the thing is about like animation period voiceover to me is incredibly interesting it's one of the things that inspired me to become an audio engineer and i mean you married into it i married into it it's you know it's so did i yeah right and um shout out to our wives shout out to our wives shout out to the single guys yeah (laughs) um but i think what is interesting about this show from a voiceover standpoint is that like you even said you were like Kevin Conroy is Batman. And another, I mean, a, a thing on that was so funny is that there's a video online. I don't know if you've seen this. It's Kevin Conroy reading the famous speech from the dark Knight. Yeah. Yes. And you, you're just like, <laughs> you chills. Did he's, I ever tell he's you like dubbing over it? Right? You, no, it's no, at no, a no. comic con convention. They yeah, just he, gave it to he, him on a piece of paper. It. There's one where it's dubbed over. Oh man. What? Yeah. There's one where it's like, they do the ending sequence of the dark Knight, where he's like, I could be those things, call it in, and it's like they cut it. I think they probably cut it up from the same clip and it's like dubbed over. Oh my God. Same shot. Did I tell you my Mark Hamill story? No. No, please. I have a Mark Hamill story. So, everybody else at home playing the home game of Nerd On, um, I am an audio engineer and I got a chance to work at a, I was working at a studio for a couple of years and I was working a voiceover session. Um, I was the assistant engineer on this and Mark Hamill was the talent that day. Did and he sit down? My God. Wow. Yeah. It was um he's an incredibly nice guy, but everybody in the everybody in the um booth was giddy. We were all just oh, giddy. Bet. Because the thing is about Mark Hamill was so interesting that I think that this this show, the animated series of Batman, did for him. He's not Luke Skywalker anymore. No. He's no. now the Joker. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And so everybody in this booth, in the in the recording um booth are just sitting there giddy. They're like, oh my God. Oh my god, it's Mark Hamill. Oh my it's gosh. a Joker. It's, it's, and they're like, oh my god, it's a Joker. And they know shit, ask him to do the Joker. And he was like, yeah, sure. And he did the Joker. Oh, like, just he just what? went on this tangent. And I was like, oh my god, I can die and You can die happy. right there and yeah, just be fine. Be fine. Everyone would understand. Studio okay. and like, Josh died. <gasps> well, he, well, Mark well, Hamill did the Joker. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. 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 That, yeah. that he lived a full sense. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, voiceover to me, I mean, I just think that show was pretty amazing. If you go back and you listen to the episodes, just listen to it. I mean, the voice acting is just amazing. By everybody. And yeah. there's 
there was this one little news thing that pissed me off. It was like a where are they now? And they said something about the Star Wars cast and how Harrison Ford is the only one with a career. And I got so mad. I was like, no! What? No! Mark <laughs> Hamill's a joker forever! He changed comic book history! Lando if anything, Cal- he has the career! Lando Calrissian <laughs> became Harvey Dent. He did, and then they never used they him. They never used him. Goblins uh, and ghouls. But, uh, yeah, that, the, the, he's amazing. I mean, there's all, of course, you hear the stories of him, like, never sitting down in the booth when he does the Joker because he feels like he has to yeah, move Yeah, because it's, be it's, it's a, no, he, to answer your question going way back, no, he did not sit down. Yeah. Um, but, no, he's a, it's, the thing about voice acting, I think, is that you really should be standing up. Like, my wife, Bonnie, shout out to my wife. Um, <laughs> taking away my thunder guy. <laughs> taking away my thunder guy. <laughs> Doing it before you can. I know. Um, she she has a hard time sitting down when she's doing it because if you want to embody a character, it's like you. It's well, it's in the title. It's voice acting. It's yeah, not just yeah. sitting there reading lines. Voice You're acting, and yeah. a lot of people voice who want to get into that world forget that. But yeah. it is acting. You yeah. still have to pretend that you. You are, can show uh, up in your sweatpants, of course, but great. you still got to act. Right. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I yeah. think that's. Oh, I'm so jealous. It's so funny. Awesome. It's so funny. I've. I've remember countless times I literally just go on YouTube and look up like Mark Hamill doing Joker impression oh, or Joker yeah. voice and it's like Reading I don't even, I don't even want to see the anime I just want to see him yeah. like get mm-hmm. into the character and do it and it's so funny like you'll be hard pressed to find a lot of good clips yeah and like you try to look for behind the scenes like featurettes and all that stuff they talk about oh yeah it's so great they talk about the producers and the engineers like I don't give a shit about you guys I want to see him do the voice and it's like you see him do it at comic cons and all that stuff but then like there's so many people talking you're like I can't hear it I just want to hear him like in clear good quality and then the killing joke came out and there's so much of it but the thing I do love I'm sorry I'm time stamping this but like how now on uh, Twitter how he's he's only just tweeting and doing voices of all of Donald Trump's tweets yeah. <laughs> in the Joker voice, which is yeah. like, oh, it's a godsend. It's, it's so the good. greatest thing. Um, but man, it's I like just... watching Andy Serkis do Gollum yeah. to Trump yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. tweets. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's those little nerd nuggets. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so good. Oh, my God. Um, I got a story. <laughs> okay. Tell um, it. So I worked in uh, produce production for commercials and short films and all that stuff since I moved down here to L.A. and I write my own stuff. But um, I was working with a commercial company, and one of the producers I know was uh, producing an independent project, an independent short film. And the independent short film was written and directed by Kyle Higgins. For all you comic book nerds who know him, he's a comic book writer. He's doing right now the new um, Boom comics for Power Rangers, which is fucking taking the world by storm because it's so goddamn good um he did a lot of nightwing he did a lot of batman beyond um and he was doing a a film a short film go check it out it's called the shadow hours but one of the actors he had on there was lauren lester and so i was like who's lauren lester and then my producer's like oh tom you're a comic book guy you know this guy this is robin i was like robin and i was like this is nightwing i was like nightwing and i was thinking i was like right now currently there's a batman animated series i have not watched called batman unlimited and Will Friedle, who voices Terry McGinnis, Batman, and Batman Beyond, is now that Nightwing. And then before, um, I don't know who the voice actor did Robin for Teen Titans. And I was just thinking, I was like, who the hell is Lauren Lester? And I looked it up. He's the original voice actor for Robin in the Batman animated series. Oh, oh he's man. he wow. is Robin. Like he is, he Robin. is Robin. <laughs> and, and I was just like, he's just very, you know. And it's so crazy because you know, again, we talked about like how they need a Robin. They need a boy wonder who's got like this very like nice spunk and like hope in his voice. And then I meet this guy. He's you know a lot older than I am, and I just see him with his white T-shirt and some jeans, and I'm like. So you're, you're Lauren Lester? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, do they need me on set? I was like, no. You're Robin. He's like, yeah. I was like, can I get a picture? He's like, I don't look at right. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and there's a picture of it on my Instagram or anything. But it was just like, I'm this close to touching like my childhood in, yeah. a, in a good way. Yeah. In a good, <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. Um, I was just like, man, so close to like Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. But it's like, now I follow him on Instagram. I'm just like, dude, he and he still gets you know invited to go to conventions and all stuff. I'm like, dude, this is... So it's so awesome, so crazy, and seeing him work, and then seeing him like act and all that, and you know he portrays different varying levels and range yeah. of his character. But it's like I oh, hear is Robin, 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 Robin. Robin, Robin. Robin. It's, like, oh. it's the same thing. Anytime you hear now, anytime I hear Mark Hamill on any other cartoon or anything, I think Joker. Anytime I hear Kevin yeah. Conroy yeah. talk to anybody, I'm like, oh, it's Batman. There's that like whole story about how he's in that soup kitchen and no one believed he was Batman. They're like, we have Batman working in the soup kitchen. Everyone's like, yeah, bullshit. And so the guy's like, hey, do the thing. And he was like, I am Batman. And he's like, like, the whole ah! soup kitchen went quiet. And then all of a sudden it was like, 
Oh shit, it's Batman! <laughs> and, and, so and it's, you know, it's funny. Like going back to your story of like going to that supercut of all the people saying Batman. Like when I think of like when someone says I am Batman, I think of episode one on Leather Wings when, um, is it on Leather Wings? I think it's on Leather Wings, but it's or it's a Scarecrow episode. But pretty much Batman is like facing his fears and he's like flying and he's on a he's on a zeppelin and he's like and his like a figment of his father comes and he's like you're not you're not good blah blah you're gonna fail he's like no i am the knight i am vengeance i am batman i was like oh my god oh <laughs> yeah oh, just <laughs> all over thing, my tv not to open up a pandora's box here but i just want to let the viewers know if you want to see the greatest batman story of all time best batman movie I am. It's Tom's favorite, Mask it, of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm. Is uh, the best Batman movie of all time. So. I have to go see it. So. He owns uh, it. We'll just do a movie. Danny now. Elfman okay. did the theme. We'll, we'll spend five for minutes. For the animated series, but Shirley Walker did the composing for this one. And it's like, so. Oh, it's, oh, it's so good. But <laughs> my reasoning, I can sum it up in two sentences because I've been thinking about this all day. The reason I think it is the best Batman movie. You want to go first? I was like, let me just tell you the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story is like it's in the middle. It's during the time of Batman the Animated Series. And this is, you know, Paul Dini and Alan Burnett and uh, Bruce Timm making this movie. Um, and pretty much the movie, all it is is that Batman. While the series was still running. Yeah. And Batman hmm. is pretty much just um, trying to find a killer, a mass killer that's framing Batman for all these like mob boss kills. And that's it. And the one thing I love about it, real quick, is just the scope of it. It's not the Joker trying to destroy Gotham. It's not like Superman coming over because Lex Luthor is doing some crazy thing. It's literally Batman just trying to stop a killer. Yeah, and that's why it's so it's so well. It's a real detective story. And like the thing that touched me the most watching it because I watched it once when I was young. I was like, that was cool. It's Batman. But like watching it now as an adult, there's this beautiful moment. Like I'd say, like three quarters of the way through the film where Batman is really struggling if he's going to be Batman anymore. And he's at his parents' grave and he's like, I know I said that the I would. rain's coming down. There's yeah. a giant he- headstone. He's, he's, he's talking crying. to his parents and he's like, I knew I said that I would avenge you and like, you know, protect Gotham. He's like, but I have a chance to be happy. And I think I might do that instead. And I like teared up. I was like feeling it as an adult. I was like crying to a cartoon, like on a TV and like little, 75 minute film and I'm like tearing up going what and it's the first time you really get to see this like struggle that Bruce Wayne goes through that the movies don't portray as much because it's probably not as interesting or whatever well I think that's the I mean before you I'm sure you got a lot to say I think that's the huge (laughs) talking to me guys that's the huge flaw I think with Rises is that it's not that is that it's the opposite of him him, of him quitting because he was sad and mopey Yeah. yeah This oh, yeah. one he almost quit because he had a chance at at being. I would have loved that happy. instead. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you hear a lot in the movies about how he respects his father's ideals and what his parents did for the city and how they changed the world and how he kind of lives in that shadow, always trying to respect that. But you never really get to see him truly grieve in that sense and really have this again a struggle of morality. Do I keep doing this thing I told my parents? Or, you know, I swore to myself I'd do. Or would you think they would want me to be happy and live a life? So it's it's really interesting. So go I, see it. it, it it's, yeah, it's like literally 76 minutes, which is ridiculous how they're able to put such an amazing story. And I told Corey this. If I were ever dream job, like I said, I would want you to write, help you if you want to help write it. Um, if I were ever get the chance to do a Batman movie, my origin would highly be influenced by that. Because the thing is like, and there's so many good video essays that talk about it, is that this film took so like so much of a big risk. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there's some origin shit in there. That they changed. They retcon a lot of things. Really? They retcon the Joker. They retcon um, Batman. Mm. They retcon like love interest. They ret- like they introduced a character which is actually voiced by Lois Lane, which is pretty cool. Because I think she's a sexy voice. Yeah. Like, I don't know how she looks like, but she's a sexy voice. But like they bring her Andrea Beaumont. Mm, I would have Rachel McAdams. <laughs> My wife as her. Um, oh, it's so good. He's still my beating heart. <laughs> but yeah, like Corey said, it literally you you see, and it, it plays like a Nolan movie because it jumps between timelines. So right, it's right. beautifully done that like you're piecing together a plot as you're watching the film. Just held together by score. Yeah. Oh, Hashtag man. that's my Batman. It's so good. <laughs> Watch it. Master of the Phantasm. Yeah. You buy it on DVD now. It's probably super like it's put in with like the Sub-Zero movie, yeah. which is Mr. Freeze movie, which is great. I'll let you guys borrow if you want. Did I let I you gotta borrow? I got to see it. No. Yeah, it's I let, good. We should have a movie night. Tomorrow. We should. Yeah. I really want to watch this We need this to now. have a movie night. Oh, I love God. it. Let's do it. Oh, my so, God. So on that note. Um, we've nerded all over the microphones. Sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go get you a towel. I, I think we need to clean them off. So yes. I think we should, uh, stop the episode yeah. there, but I there's some so. important things to talk about. Um, 
the you biggest know what? I'm thing. I'm gonna is- do a quick. I'm gonna do a quick shout out. I'm gonna do a post once this comes out. Okay. Uh, on Instagram about Batman, you tell us your favorite animated series episode. We'll talk about it. It'll yes. Be great. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag it. Hashtag it. That's my Batman. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> please do it. <laughs> Just so we can laugh every time somebody hashtags. And where will they find that Instagram post, Josh? The Instagram. Ooh, good segue. So um, <laughs> Every time. Segua. Segua. You can find us on Instagram at Nerd on the Podcast. We're on Twitter, Nerd on the Pod, uh, Facebook, Nerd on the Podcast. If you search on YouTube, that is what you're going to have to do because we're not big boys yet. You have so to search close. Nerd on the Podcast. Link's in the website. Link is in the website. Hey, and you know what else is on the website? There is a link on the website. And I hate to be the person to to ask this, to throw this out there, but running a podcast is not something that just kind of happens. It's something that we actually have to put a lot of time and... Blood, sweat, tears, and dinero. Dinero. And so we're reaching out to our audience. That Robert dinero. And there's two things. Thank you for listening. It's a big deal. Thank you for listening. We appreciate um, you. We love you. Yes, you. Yeah. Yes. Specifically you yes, listening. You. The I'm one talking that to you. Is, not anyone here. We love just making... You. S- Sweet love in your ears. So, any little bit. <laughs> I, I apologize for that. for that. If you had uh, um, a little bit of disposable income, yeah, throw a couple of ducats our ways, we would be gratefully. Yeah, and it'll go towards. Grateful? Yeah, gratefully grateful. I gratefully, would be gratefully grateful. Gratefully, hashtag blessed. Um, no, every little bit helps. To, there's lots of stuff that has to go into yep. the show that we are putting our moolah towards our personal our- monies website right yeah, yeah it is on our website and it's josh where can they find you they can find me uh at twitter just joshnya you can find me it's on <laughs> I hate it. you can find me on um instagram uh joshua s manley um uh, facebook joshua sterling manley uh imdb PSN? joshua sterling psn sterling j85 let's play It'll be fun uh, you can find me, Tom, at Tall Dark Not Ugly on everything on everything. Thomas, Pet Border Sooth on IMDb. And that's all the things that I got. Great. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's Corey, C O R E Y 89, or at We Are Storyboard, B O R E D, uh, or We Are Storyboard.com. Uh, Ali, you can find me on Twitter at FutureFoe. Find me on PSN, Future underscore Foe. Uh, you can visit my website, FutureFoePlays.com, where I have a lot more information about all that and I you do. You can listen to that. Sweet, sweet, sexy voice. Gravely. Even oh, yes. more so. Can you oh. voice Batman? <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, I do ASMR Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.